Thank you all again for being here this morning. We're glad that you are with us. Lots of regulars that are not here today, but I think we can pretty much account for where they are, and they'll be they'll be back with us. Perhaps uh, perhaps not those college kids. Uh, some of them will only be here uh, occasionally over the next uh, several months, but uh, we know they're in good hands and they're getting that education that they need so badly in our day and time, and so we're happy for them. Let us uh, remember those college kids that are away from us uh, in our prayers. Let me throw this in before we start. Um, we have been in the process of trying to replace some songbooks. A lot of them have uh, had the bindings uh, are coming out of them, pages are filing out, and we've, we've uh, put a lot of new songbooks on the pews over the last few weeks and months. But as we've been pulling those old ones out, we've accumulated a whole bunch of them. If you want one of those songbooks, the binding might not be in too good a shape. Uh, one or two pages might be loose. But there's a box of songbooks out in the foyer. And if you want some of those songbooks, feel free to pick them up. And if we use them all, there's plenty more where those came from. And so if you want to take uh, some of those old songbooks home with you to have at the house, uh, please feel free to do so. Obeying the gospel and becoming a member of the Lord's church is the most important thing that we can do in our life. Our, our soul de depends on it. And it is a great thing when we make that commitment to obey the gospel and become a Christian. That is a great thing. But the truth is, that's just the beginning. That is just the start of, of what we call the, the Christian life. Revelation 2 and verse 10 tells us to be faithful till death, and I'll give you that crown of life. That means walking in the light, as John puts it in 1 John chapter 1. Walk in the light as he is in the light, John says. That means practice the New Testament. That's, in a nutshell, that's what that's all about. Attending the worship services is very important. Taking the Lord's Supper and giving of our means on the first day of the week, that's a very important part of a Christian life. But those things are not too hard. As a matter of fact, if we, if we just want to do those things, they're not really that hard at all. And there are things... That we, that we can't take part in. There are things that are just prohibited for a Christian to do. In Galatians chapter 5, Galatians 5 and starting at verse 19, this is just kind of a list of, of things that Paul gives us. Hey, Christians, these are things you don't need to do. He says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions and heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you before, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now these things are prohibited for a Christian to take part in, and we will face these things from time to time. 
we will be tempted and sometimes we will make mistakes. But I truly believe that for most of us who are trying to live a Christian life, most of the time, those things will bounce right off of our spiritual armor. Again, especially if we, if we don't really want to do those things, we will be able to resist those temptations. We will probably shrug off most of them fairly easily if we just don't want to do them. It could be that the hardest part of living that Christian life is is not really those those prohibitions, those things that we that we absolutely cannot do. It could be that we fall short the most on those positive commands that we are supposed to actually be out there trying to do, being an active member of the Lord's church. Let's look at some passages. I have a lot of them here. James 4 and verse 17. James 4 verse 17 tells us, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Again, from the book of James, James 1 and verse 27. James says there that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Again, James chapter 2. James 2 and verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, James says, so faith without works is dead also. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. The Apostle Paul tells us there to be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And let me give you one more. Galatians chapter 6. This is the first two verses. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Paul again writes, brethren, If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And in verse 2 he says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And Now these are things that we're supposed to be out there trying to do. Most folks that you meet at church, overwhelmingly, most folks are really good people. Every one of you falls into the category of a, of a good person. Every one of you is a good person. We, we come to church, don't we? We're not troublemakers. Nobody could truthfully say that, that we set a bad example every day of our life. That's not true of us, is it? And we want the lost to be saved. We want the sick to be visited. We want those in need to be tended to. We want all of those things. But we might need somebody else to take care of it for us. Now, let, let me say, if you attend the worship services faithfully, that's a wonderful thing. 
That, that's a great thing. You keep that up. That, that's great. Keep up the good work. If you're truly striving to try to set a good example, where, wherever you are, in the workplace, in your community, at your school, you're, you're striving to set a good example. That's a great thing. You keep that up. That, that's wonderful. That's, that's marvelous. That's fantastic. You keep doing those things. But are we trying to do good? Or waiting on somebody else to do it for us? Consider this. Many of you are, are great Bible scholars. You know the Bible very, very well. And that, that's a terrific thing. You, you know your Bible and that is a great thing. But even folks who know who know their Bible, even folks who know their Bible very well, sometimes, sometimes need a little, a little push to get them busy, to, to, to get them going. Can, can you remember, are you, are you old enough, I should say, I guess, to remember the day when most of the vehicles out there on the road were a straight shift? That is, you, you mash the clutch and you change the gears. The gears would either be down in the floor or they might be the old uh, three-speed on the column. The, the truck that I learned to drive on was a three-speed on the column. This is, you know, that's first and that's second and then third is right down here. And if you want to go to reverse, you come back to the middle and you pull it to you and push it up. That's, that's reverse. And you had to, you had to change the gears. One, one of the, the really good things about those kind of vehicles were if your, if your battery suddenly went down, you wasn't expecting it, but your battery was dead. Maybe you tried to start it and your starter was messed up and you couldn't get, you couldn't get the engine to turn over. One thing that you could do in those vehicles, if you could get a few people to give you a little push, and get you rolling, you could put those things in second gear, pop the clutch, they start. This morning, I'm just trying to give you a little push. And maybe if I can, if I can get you a rolling, you'll pop the clutch and get started. There's a passage in Luke chapter 12. Let me share this with you now. In Luke chapter 12, and starting at verse 45, this, these are the words of Jesus Christ. He says, If that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and he begins to beat the male and the female servants and to, to eat and to, to drink and to be drunken, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware. And he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Now notice. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know and yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. 
and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. We have lots and lots of knowledge. We know our Bibles, don't we? We know what we're supposed to be doing out there. What are we doing with that knowledge? Are we applying what we know? It is, it is a mistake for us to think that if, if we are, are failing to try to do good in our life, it is a mistake to think that that is less than that list that we saw back in Galatians chapter 5 of things that we're not supposed to do. Now, we can't fix everything. Uh, we, we would be lying if we said we can solve every problem out there in the world just by our presence. We can show up and fix it. I, I'm sorry to say that's just not the case. There are lost people who don't want to hear the gospel. We, we can't make them. There are sick folks that we maybe we don't know about them, or, or it could be that, that it's just a circumstance that we, we just can't fix it. Maybe, maybe praying for them is about all we can do. We can't fix everything. But think about this. If we, if we are guilty of an obvious sin, we know it. We did the wrong thing. And we know that we did. And so we'll, we'll be sorry for that. We, we know we made a mistake and, and, and we'll be sorry and, and we'll repent and we'll try to do better next time. But it could be that we could pass by chances to do good all the time. Happens to us regularly and we never even, we never even consider, we never even think about the fact that we walked past something that we really could have helped. Remember the Samaritan story in Luke chapter 10. The good Samaritan stopped to help, but a priest and a Levite had already come by. And they passed by on the other side. I wonder sometimes if, if we pass by and we never even... It just doesn't register. I missed a chance to do some good. And so you see... We, we won't be trying to do it better because we never even think on it. It never occurs to us that we pass by on the other side. Galatians 6 and verse 10 tells us, As you have therefore an opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them of the household of faith. I, I, I'm concerned that a lot of us who are, who are good people, who, who want good things to happen, if, if we come up short on the day of judgment, it won't be because of the terrible things we've done. It'll be because of what we didn't do. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gives us the parable of the talents. It starts about verse... 14. You know that story very well. Jesus tells us about that five-talent man who doubled what he had. He tells us about that two-talent man who, who doubled what he had, but they both got the same reward. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of thy Lord. The two-talent man did not gain as much, but he used what he had. And that's what God asks us to do. 
Now that one talent man, he brought his back just like he got it. He didn't lose anything. But his Lord said to him, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He did, not, he did not try to use that one talent that he had. Jesus follows that parable up immediately with a, a picture of what is really, I think we could say it's the judgment scene. Jesus gives us a picture of the judgment scene in Matthew 25, starting about verse 34. He says that the king will say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger. And you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the righteous are going to say, Lord, when did we ever see you in any of those conditions? And the answer is going to be, inasmuch as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, then you did it unto me. And then he will say unto those on the left hand, Depart ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, because I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, you didn't take me in. Naked, you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. They're going to ask the same question. Lord, when did we see you in any of those conditions? And the answer will be, inasmuch as you did it not unto one of the least of these, then you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. You see, sometimes it's not what we do, it's, it's what we didn't do. Now, I understand the time element. I, I really and truly do. If you have children... And if you have a, a full-time job, you are a busy person. Believe you me, I have been there and done that. I went to work every morning for about 38 years and, and reared three daughters. I, I understand those things. I promise you, I do. Or, or maybe you're thinking, well, T.A., I, I know that I need to be an active Christian, but I'm just not good at those things. And I understand that. Some people are just more comfortable going into the home of a shut-in and sitting down and talking, going into a, a, a hospital room and visiting somebody. Some people are comfortable with that, and some, eh, well, not, not so much so. I understand those things. I truly do. But there's some things that I believe everybody can do. Everybody. One is... Be a good influence and a good example wherever you are. At work, at school, at the Walmart, in the beauty shop, wherever you are at, be a positive influence for good and set the proper example wherever you're at. Number two, encourage your brothers 
and your sisters. You don't, you don't have to stand up here in this pulpit and preach to encourage other Christians. You don't have to teach the Sunday school class to encourage other members of the church. Everybody needs a little bit of encouragement. A little pat on the back. Way to go. Keep up the good work. Just a, just a kind word sometimes. Man, I see you uh, every Sunday here, and it's such an encouragement to me that I see you every time. Thank you so much. Uh, just, just a good word for somebody. We're all trying to get to the same place. Let's help each other. Get that done. A, a, good, a good word every once in a while. Everybody can do that. And number three, it might be that there is somebody in your life that you are close to. And they are in a lost condition and you're the only person who has a chance to teach them the Bible. They don't want no preacher to come and see them. No, they don't want to talk to no preacher. They don't want the elders to come and visit. You might be the only person who has a chance. Don't, don't pass up that chance. Now, does that, mean, does that mean you're going to be able to convert everybody close to you? I wish I could say the answer to that was yes, but I can tell you that even in my life, there are people that I love with all of my heart and they are in a lost condition. We won't be able to convert them all. But if you see that opportunity and that chance to teach somebody the Bible, don't miss it. Don't miss it. In Philippians chapter 2, we'll close with this passage. In Philippians 2 and in verse 12, Paul tells the brethren at Philippi, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Notice verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. God will work through us. We must be an active member of the Lord's church. This morning, if you're not a Christian, then this is a chance to, to obey the gospel. There may not be another. If you are not a member of the Lord's body this morning, this is a chance for you to obey the gospel, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, immersion in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. We will help you get that done this very day if you've made that decision. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel sometime in your life. Maybe, maybe you just didn't try hard enough. Maybe something got in your way and drug you down. Whatever the case may be, if you're no longer in good standing with God and you know that, if you're willing to repent of those things that caused you to fall, you can ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored. And you can do that this very morning 
while we stand in shame.